1: Live from the
2: Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, July 8th, 2022.
3: Coming up this hour. Former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has died after being shot at a campaign event.
2: Pressure mounts for Boris Johnson to accelerate his exit from office.
3: Wall Street braces for the June jobs report.
2: And Twitter shares drop on doubt the Elon Musk takeover will ever happen.
4: Former White House counsel Pat Cipollone appears before the January 6th panel, plus another shark attack on Long Island. I'm Michael Barr, more
5: ahead. I'm John Stashow in sports. The Yankees' 60th win of the year. They beat the Red Sox in their first game played this year in Boston. An easy win for the Mets.
6: That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130, New York, Bloomberg 991, Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061, Boston, Bloomberg 960, San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app.
3: Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager.
2: And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. Stock Index futures are lower this morning. We are coming up to 6.01 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 11 points. Dow futures down 53. NASDAQ futures down about the same. The DAX in Germany is up two-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 6.30 seconds. Yield 2.97 percent. And the yield on the two-year, 2.99 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down half percent, or 55 cents, at $102.18 a barrel. Comex gold down to tens percent or $3.90 at seventeen thirty-five seventy dollars announced. Nathan.
3: Karen, we begin with a violent attack in Japan. Former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has been assassinated, shot during a campaign event. We get more from Bloomberg's Garrett Reedy in Tokyo. The reaction from the people here would be, I think
7: I would term it as shock. These kind of events are extremely rare. For this kind of thing to happen in a country where normally, you know, the politics are quite staid and where there really wasn't a lot of interest in stuff that's going on sometimes, absolutely extraordinary. And of course,
3: gun crime here is extremely rare. Bloomberg's Garrett Reedy reports from Tokyo that a 41-year-old suspect is under arrest. He told police he wanted to kill Abe because he was frustrated with the former premier. Abe died after being shot from about 10 feet away with what appeared to be a homemade firearm.
2: All right, Nathan, meantime, in the U.K., pressure is building on Boris Johnson to relinquish power sooner. His conservative party wants to speed up the contest to choose Johnson's successor by the end of the summer. Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden reporting from Westminster has more. It's a wide-open race. At the moment, the frontrunners are driven by those with military experience and credentials. So the Defence Secretary Ben Wallace, the former Defence Secretary Penny Morduent, and also Tom Tugenhart, who's never held a senior cabinet position but has served in the armed forces. Of course, because of the war in Ukraine, they are taking the spotlight. But we're also in the midst of a cost-of-living crisis here in the UK. So that lends the limelight to the former Chancellor Rishi Sunak. And Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden says Boris Johnson is hoping to stay on for at least three more months.
3: Well, back here in the U.S., Karen, relations with China are in focus. And today, President Biden will hold a meeting to discuss possible reductions in U.S. tariffs on Chinese goods. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington.
8: Sources tell Bloomberg News that today's meeting revolves around whether to remove some Trump-era levies on $300 billion in Chinese imports. Reducing those tariffs is seen as a potential weapon against inflation. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo have said that it could help, but ending tariffs on Chinese goods won't help Americans where higher prices hurt the most, food, fuel, and housing. Yellen, Raimondo, and Trade Representative Catherine Tai will not attend today's meeting. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Amy, thank you. for well, turning to the economy now, we are less than two and a half hours away from the June jobs report. Economists say payroll gains will slow after the Fed raised interest rates. We get more from Bloomberg's Michael McKee.
6: The consensus view is Fed officials will be pleased by the June jobs report. Hiring slowing but still strong, unemployment essentially unchanged, and wage pressures easing. An on-forecast result would likely leave Wall Street investors reasonably satisfied as well. The question is, what happens if we get an extremely strong or extremely weak report? The central bankers have suggested a strong report won't change their plans for what will likely be another three-quarter percentage point increase at the end of the month, but expect volatility if weak numbers lead investors to increase bets on recession. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak.
3: All right, Mike, thanks. Well, too, the Fed's most hawkish members are coming out to support big rate hikes. Here's Fed Governor Christopher Waller.
0: I'm definitely in support of doing another 75 basis point hike in July,
4: probably 50 at September. And then after that, we can debate whether to go back down to 25s.
3: Fed governor Christopher Waller made those comments at an event hosted by the National Association for Business Economics. St. Louis Fed president Jim Bullard's also calling for a 75 point rate hike this month. If we don't get the inflation under control, inflation expectations could become unmoored. And if that happened, uh, then you get this long and complicated uh, tangle like we did in the 70s. Both Bullard and Waller are voting members of the Federal Open Market Committee this year.
2: Well, turning to corporate news now, Nathan shares a Twitter down almost 4% in early trading. There's more concern that Elon Musk's proposed acquisition of the social media company is falling apart. We get the latest from Bloomberg's Shanali Bosick, who is at this week's tech conference in Sun Valley.
7: Twitter CEO, CFO, and board chair are all here at a small meeting of elite investors. Now, there's a concern that the deal for Elon Musk to buy Twitter may be in jeopardy as he's concerned about bots and has stopped talks with a key potential investor, according to The Washington Post. However, investors at Sun Valley also believe that Elon Musk may be looking to renegotiate the deal, especially given that Twitter stock price has fallen so far. I'm Shanali Vasek in Sun Valley for Bloomberg News.
2: And Bloomberg Shaneli Basik in Sun Valley says Musk is slated to speak at the conference tomorrow.
3: All right, we're also watching shares of GameStop this morning. They are falling in early trading, down more than 7% on a key executive departure. Let's get more on that live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita.
9: Good morning, Nathan. GameStop fired its CFO, Mike Recupero, yesterday. He was one of the several Amazon employees that GameStop had recently hired. It was an effort to shift its focus from physical storefronts to e-commerce. But Bloomberg sources say Recupero was fired because he was not hands-on enough and treated GameStop as if it were Amazon. The current chief accounting officer will replace him. The company is attempting to turn around a business that's been hit by shifting gaming demands and a troubled market. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak.
3: Okay, Renita, thank you. Straight ahead, we'll bring you your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's 6.07 on Wall Street, 69 degrees in Central Park, and we have an accident on the inbound upper level of the George Washington Bridge. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Michael? Thank you very much, Nathan. A star witness appears before the
4: U.S. House Committee today investigating the U.S. Capitol attack. It will be a private meeting, but it could set the stage for the rest of the investigation. The committee had been leaning on Pat Cipollone, the Trump White House counsel, to appear for weeks. A Fire Island lifeguard was bitten by a shark on Long Island yesterday, possibly the third such attack in the past week. The lifeguard was bitten near his left foot while conducting a training exercise about 150 yards from the shoreline. He was treated and released. The Biden administration says it's still working to free WNBA star Brittany Greiner now that she's pleaded guilty to the Russian drug charges against her. Greiner told the Russian court she didn't mean to put a vape cartridge containing cannabis in her suitcase when she flew to Russia. She could be sentenced to 10 years in prison. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says they are still trying to free her.
9: Clearly we cannot negotiate in public. Uh, that is uh, not something that we're going to do, uh, but we are committed to making sure they all get home safely.
4: Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre also says they're working as hard to free American Paul Whelan. A man who was convicted of murder in connection with the 2019 shooting death of a New York City police officer was sentenced to at least 30 years in prison. The Queens County District Attorney says 28-year-old Jagger Freeman planned the holdup that resulted in Detective Brian Simonson's death. The second officer was also wounded. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has learned his fate in a federal plea deal for violating George Floyd's civil rights. Chauvin already serving a lengthy sentence for killing Floyd in 2020 has been sentenced to a little more than 20 years in a federal prison. During sentencing, Chauvin offered no apology. George Floyd's brother, Philonis, spoke outside the courthouse after the hearing.
5: You were bound here to
6: serve and protect because that's your job title, to serve and protect. But I didn't see that that day. All I seen was my brother taken away. All I seen was his last breath. All I see was him screaming out to my mom.
4: Philonis Floyd says his brother was murdered by somebody who just didn't have any compassion. Global news 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael.
5: Almost six ten on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports
3: Update with John Stashhour.
5: All right, Nathan, the Yankees' first game this season in Boston. They get their 60th win. Didn't even use Aaron Judge or Anthony Rizzo, both nursing minor injuries. So that's 52 home runs on the bench. But Yankees got a third-inning grand slam from Josh Donaldson and Aaron Hicks followed with a solo shot. So that's two guys who have not hit well this season. They both now homered in back-to-back games. Yankees led 5-0, later 6-2, and they held on to win 6-5. The Red Sox. Raffy Devers did his part, drove in all five. Two home runs off Garrett Cole, who Devers owns. He's hit six off Cole in his career, leaving the Yankees wondering what he has to do against Devers.
4: It's pretty wild. He's just been able to hit every... I mean, there just hasn't been a hit. you know? Like, roll over one time. Like, line out one time. I mean... So... Um, you know, he's supposed to supposed to fail seven out
5: of ten times in this gig. I don't know what the deal is. Hold got everyone else out, got his eighth winning, Clay Holmes' sixteenth save, and the Yankees are fifteen games ahead of the Red Sox. Easy win for the Mets at City Field, ten nothing over the Marlins. Like the Yankees, production from guys who have struggled The JD Davis, Grand Slam, a uh, Brian McCann, three run homer. Trevor Williams came in one and five, but he hurled seven scoreless innings alone only two hits. Men's semifinals today at Wimbledon. Novak Djokovic takes on the South African Cameron Norrie, but the much-anticipated match between Rafael Nadal and the Aussie Nick Kyrgios is off. Nadal had to pull out with an injury. The women's final is tomorrow. The Rangers
3: have traded backup goalie Alex Gorgian to Colorado. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports, Nathan. All right, John, thank you. Right now, S&P futures are down six points. Dow futures down 17. Nasdaq futures down 41 ahead of the release of the June payrolls report in a little more than two hours. Up next, the latest on the assassination of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, the legacy he leaves behind. Bloomberg's Kurumi Mori joins us next from Japan. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, partly to mostly cloudy upper 80s today. Any showers and early tomorrow. It'll turn partly sunny, less humid. Low 80s, mostly sunny. Low 80s for Sunday. Right now, 69 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking
6: news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
2: And I'm Karen Moscow. S and P futures are lower this morning as investors await employment data to gauge whether the world's largest economy can avoid a recession. The dollar found haven demand and we check the markets every fifteen minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg right now, S and P futures are down four points. Dow futures now little changed. And Nasdaq futures they're still lower, down thirty six. The Dax in Germany is up seven tenths of a percent. Also improvement uh, there as well. Ten-year Treasury up four thirty seconds, yield two point nine seven percent. The yield on the two-year two point nine nine percent. NYMEX crude oil little change at one hundred two dollars sixty five cents a barrel. COMEX gold is down about two tenths percent or three dollars ten cents at seventeen thirty six sixty an ounce. The euro. 1.0131 against the dollar, British pound 1.1982, and the yen 135.86. And looking at Bitcoin, it's down three tenths percent at $21,540. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael.
4: Darren, thank you very much. As we've been talking about all this morning, former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has died Abe died in a Japanese hospital after he was shot during a campaign stop today in Nara. The man who attacked Abe has been arrested. Of course, we'll have more on this story throughout the entire morning. Boris Johnson is facing pressure from his own party to accelerate his exit as UK Prime Minister. He announced his resignation yesterday. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Red Sox 6-5. The Mets won along with the Orioles. The Nationals lost along with the Giants. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg QuickTank, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. All
3: right, Michael, thank you. It is 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and Bloomberg's Kurumi Mori is back with us live this morning from outside the hospital in Nara, Japan, where Prime Minister, former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe died of his injuries after being shot at close range at a campaign event with an election just a couple of days away in japan karumi good morning this is just staggering news that's reverberating around the world we're hearing reaction from global leaders what's the latest that you can tell us from where you are outside that hospital
7: good morning nathan yeah i'm in, i'm still on site at Nara medical university hospital i just left a press conference a short while ago where the hospital president and the ER doctor in charge of actually treating Abe, Dr. Fukushima, uh, spoke to the media. They gave us some details, not all the details, but this is what I can tell you uh, that I heard from them. The doctor who operated on Abe said that they were able to stop the major bleeding, but by then it was too much blood was lost by the time they actually arrived at the hospital here. The bullet had pierced Abe's neck and heart in two places. Um, he was declared dead after about three hours of surgery here at this hospital, pronounced dead at 5 03 p.m. local time. Uh, you know, again, we saw uh, first former first lady uh, Aki Abe had arrived to the hospital here a short while before the press conference, but of course, a solemn somber mood. And on this campus, I'm just walking around. I'm seeing uh, Secret Service members just lining the hallway of, of presumably where uh, Shinzo Abe uh, is, is laying uh, to rest. And, you know, this incident is just shocking. It's the assassination setting, this huge shock throughout japan as you can imagine
3: yeah and i have to think that there are going to be a lot of questions still to come about how something like this could happen in a country like japan where gun violence is so rare where it's so difficult to get a weapon
7: yeah that's right nathan you know japan's gun laws are ultra strict not just kind of strict they're extremely strict they limit so so much, the number of guns in circulation. We had an estimated number of guns held by civilians in Japan was just about 310,000 in 2019. That's 0.25 per 100 people. And to put that into context, in the U.S., it's 120 per 100 people. So again, Japan has, among the G7 countries, the lowest number of guns held by civilians. It's Shocking. I mean, that is the word we keep using. Uh, the gun, though, was a handmade gun here. And so that is the detail there. The suspected gunman uh, was male in his 40s, a former JSDS member, so Japan's Self-Defense Forces member. Um, and, again, Shinzo Abe uh, was carried via ambulance. Apparently he was reportedly conscious at the time, later became unconscious and in cardiac arrest by the time he had arrived at this hospital via helicopter.
3: And we know this happened in the middle of a campaign speech. There's an election coming up in Japan in just a couple of days here. What is Shinzo Abe's death going to mean for that?
7: Yeah, absolutely. That's, the question we were asking a few hours ago but finance minister suzuki has come out to say that changing any election plans would mean a loss for democracy we do not want to lose to violence and therefore there should be no change in plans for the upcoming upper house elections which are scheduled for this sunday just two days away uh, july 10th and us residents here in japan we've already received you know the ballots in the mail so It seems like the plans will go ahead. We did see some candidates, though, shortly after the news of the shooting, that they are going to suspend campaigning for the day. So we did see some LDP members come out to say they are halting their campaign activity for today on social media. So, uh, of course, pending the news, uh, they were unsure what the situation was. Now we hear, unfortunately, the death has been confirmed and the elections will go ahead.
3: Only have about a minute or so left here, unfortunately, Kurumi, to talk about the legacy that Shinzo Abe leaves behind, obviously being the longest-serving prime minister of Japan. This has to leave a very deep hole in Japanese politics, in Japanese policy.
7: Absolutely. Abe made history as the longest-serving premier in Japan ever since 1880. Uh, He served a total of eight years and eight months as the leader of, of Japan, and he has, he was still very much an icon of the LDP even after he resigned in 2020. If you'll remember, due to uh, health con- concerns. Um, but again, he, you know he is leaving behind a legacy. Abenomics, for example, uh, in you know when he came to office for the second time in 2012, he launched this unprecedented effort to revive Japan's flagging economy. Of course, he's the foreign policy hawk. He hoped to end apologies for past imperialism, reinterpreted the country's pacifist constitution to loosen restrictions on the military, and he still managed to stabilize relations, for example, with neighboring China, smooth, you know, relations with the U.S., um, made friendships with uh, President-elect Donald Trump in 2016. So Abe, of course, leaving a lasting legacy comes from um, a political background with his family, um, and he is survived by his wife, Akiabe. Abe.
3: Now we heard from uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken at the G20 summit in Bali, Indonesia, calling former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe a leader of great vision. We're going to be monitoring the global reaction, of course, throughout the
2: investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at ibkr.com/ga. Uh, first, we have grim news out of Japan, as we've been reporting. Former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has been assassinated. He was shot during a campaign event and was pronounced dead at the hospital. Here's current Japanese Prime Minister Kishida speaking through an interpreter.
9: It is a barbaric act that took place during the election, which is the base of democracy. It is absolutely unforgivable.
2: Japanese Prime Minister Kishida says a 41-year-old suspect has been arrested. The man told police he wanted to kill Abe because he was frustrated with the former premier. Abe died after being shot from about 10 feet away with what appeared to be a homemade firearm.
3: Well, meantime, in the U.K., Karen pressures building on Prime Minister Boris Johnson to relinquish power. His conservative party wants to speed up the contest to choose Johnson's successor by the end of the summer. Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden has more from Westminster.
2: The race is already on. Candidates already reportedly setting up camps in hotels around here. The Conservative Party wants to whittle it down to two candidates by July 21st and then pick one by September. But even that is too long for many to keep Boris Johnson in number 10.
3: Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden says Boris Johnson hopes to stay on for at least three more months.
2: Well, Nathan, back here on the U.S., relations with China are in focus. Today, President Biden meets to discuss possible reductions in U.S. tariffs on Chinese goods. We spoke with National Economic Council Director Brian Deese about the move, and he says there are other options for taking on China.
5: Tariffs are one tool, but we have other tools as well to make sure that we are protecting key sectors of the American economy and that we are um, holding to account
3: for those
2: Brian Deese was a guest on Bloomberg Surveillance, heard weekday mornings on Bloomberg Radio.
3: Up next, Karen, we hear from the administration once again when we get that June jobs report that's expected to show a slowdown in hiring. Labor Secretary Marty Walsh joins Bloomberg Radio and television to discuss the report at 940 Wall Street time.
2: Well, turning to corporate news now, there's more talk about Twitter. Shares are down about 4% amid concern Elon Musk's proposed acquisition is
9: falling apart. And Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with more. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Elon Musk is still at odds with Twitter over the number of spam bots using the service. He's repeatedly threatened to walk away from his proposed $44 billion deal to take over the social media giant if they cannot confirm that bots make up less than 5% of total users. The Washington Post reports that... That Musk's team has concluded that Twitter cannot verify the figures and has stopped engaging in discussions around funding the deal. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Renita, thank you. That's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. I'm looking at futures this morning. We're starting to see some improvement with S&P futures now little change. Dow futures higher up 61. NASDAQ futures still lower, down about 21. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg.
3: Okay, Karen, thank you. 633 on Wall Street. We're at 69 degrees in Central Park. We'll see if we're getting any improvement after that accident on the upper level of the GWB in traffic. It's coming up in a few minutes. First, Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael.
4: Good morning, Nathan. There is another shark attack on Long Island. A Fire Island lifeguard was bitten by a shark yesterday, possibly the third such attack in the past week. The lifeguard was bitten near his left foot while conducting a training exercise about 150 yards from the shoreline. He was treated and released. Officials now have issued a ban on swimming at Ocean Beach until further notice. A star witness appears today before the U.S. House Committee investigating the U.S. Capitol attack. It will be a closed-door deposition between the panel and Pat Cipollone, the former Trump White House consul. The Biden administration says it's committed to the safe return of WNBA star Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan, who remain captive in Russia. Yesterday, Griner pleaded guilty to drug charges in a Moscow area court. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre.
9: We've been clear from day one when it comes to U.S. nationals who are being held abroad, uh, who are being held wrongfully, uh, detained wrongfully, uh, who have been held hostage, we are going to do everything that we can, use every means that we have to bring them home.
4: Press Secretary Jean-Pierre says, though, we cannot negotiate in public. Attorneys for a white man charged with killing 10 black people at a Buffalo supermarket were unable to secure a year's delay in a state prosecution while a federal case against him proceeds. The Buffalo News reports the federal hate crime charges could potentially carry a death penalty for Peyton Gendron. His attorneys said their work in the state case could negatively have effects in the efforts by Gendron's federal defense attorneys. President Joe Biden plans to take executive action to protect access to abortion. The president is expected to push back on efforts to limit the ability of women to access federally approved abortion medication. Both the founder and president of the collapsed Theranos have been found guilty of fraud now. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports.
6: The conviction of former President Sonny Balwani follows the conviction of founder Elizabeth Holmes by six months. Theranos was a blood-testing startup, and the charges were defrauding investors by using a few drops of blood to complete a wide array of health tests. Balwani's attorney says they plan to consider all legal options, including the possibility of an appeal. The pair was a high-profile couple during the buildup of the company and now face up to 20 years in jail. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than
4: 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan.
3: Thanks, Michael. 636 on Wall Street. John Stash Hour has the Bloomberg Sports Update. Thanks, Nathan. The Yankees'
5: 60th win. It came in their first game of the year in Boston. They beat the Red Sox 6-5. They got back-to-back home runs, third inning from Josh Donaldson and Aaron Hicks. It was a grand slam for Donaldson. Garrett Cole got the win, got everyone out, except Raphael Devers, who homered off Cole in last year's playoff game. Homered off him in New York in his first at-bat this season. Two more last night. Devers drove in all five Boston runs. Cole was asked later about trying to get Devers out. He said he's open to suggestions. The Mets all over the Marlins, 10-0. Solid pitching from Trevor Williams. J.D. Davis at a grand slam. James McCann, three-run shot. Atlanta lost. The Mets lead the Braves by three and a half. They held the NHL draft. The Devils had the second pick. Took Simone Nimitz, a defenseman from Slovakia. Slovak went one and two. The Rangers did not have a first-rounder, but added three extra picks by trading backup goalie Alex Gorgiev to the Stanley Cup champion. Colorado Avalanche. Novak Djokovic plays his semifinal match at Wimbledon today against Cameron Norrie and the winner then faces the Aussie Nick Kyrgios in Sunday's final. Kyrgios advanced because of Rafael Nadal's abdominal injury. I don't want to go out there uh, not be competitive enough to play at this uh, at the level that I need to to play to, to achieve my goal and with a big chance to to make the things uh, much worse. Wimbledon made the controversial decision to not allow Russians to play. Elena Rybakina, born and raised in Moscow, but plays now for Kazakhstan, and she's in tomorrow's women's final against Anjo Burro, Tunisia.
3: John Stash Edward Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thanks. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent. Kriti Gupta is with us on a morning where the headline is Twitter deal in trouble, Kriti,
8: it, it really is. And you're seeing that show up right in the middle of Twitter share. TWTR is your ticker. Those shares down about 4% this morning coming after a report that the Washington Post reported that Elon Musk's $44 billion proposed takeover well, quote, in serious jeopardy. We know that this has been a, a long-standing issue in terms of how many bots are actually part of their user base. Twitter has long said that they estimate about 5%. Elon Musk saying that they have doubts. So it's that kind of back and forth that you see perhaps uh, once again becoming the issue that's pinned on. A lot of suspicion simply about the financing once again of this deal. Nevertheless, Twitter shares are down 4%. But it's worth mentioning, Nathan, that when you look at Twitter shares, you also have to look at Tesla shares because TSLA, it's only down seven-tenths of 1%. But there's usually that inverse dynamic between the two the idea being that elon musk's split attention would essentially benefit uh, perhaps twitter but not benefit tesla because of, of that dynamic so something to keep an eye on but speaking of some of that deal news let's talk about occidental here because it's getting once again another bid from warren buffett this according to a filing yesterday it looks like he's been buying even more shares we know he's been accumulating a stake in the oil company. I believe he has about a 14% stake. Now, remember, he also helped finance the Anadarko deal with Vicky Hollow when Occidental was buying Anadarko. So OXY is your taker up about 1.1% this morning, Nathan.
3: And speaking of back and forth, how about what's going on with GameStop over the last couple of days?
8: I mean, there's so it's it's fascinating because I think I was here literally 24 hours ago and saying the GameStop just announced a four for one stocks, but the share right. was skyrocketing. Well, in the last 24 hours, so much has changed. They fired their CFO, Mike Ricupero. I'm butchering that name, but <laughs> Mike Ricupero. A GME down about six percent. It also though announced that it was cutting jobs, some widespread layoffs. Something to keep an eye on. It's interesting now that you're starting to see a lot of these companies, specifically in like the retail space and the tech space, start to talk about actual firings. And this is interesting. On a day like today where you do have payrolls that are in focus. So definitely keep an eye on that. I think GameStop is now really joining the ranks of uh, Tesla, Amazon, even Apple in terms of those layoffs. So keep an eye on, on more announcements like that. I'm going to leave you with one more here, Nathan. And that, of course, is Levi Strauss. L-E-V-I is your ticker. Up about, well, let's call it 5% this morning. Their earnings did beat their estimates, but analysts say it highlights the strength of the brand and a positive performance for retailers in a difficult environment. So Levi Strauss really uh, pulling ahead of the curve here.
3: Apparently, denim never goes out of style. All right, Bloomberg Radio TV markets correspondent, Kriti Gupta, thanks as always for being with us. Looking ahead to the market open, futures, little change now for S&P futures. Dow futures are up 45. NASDAQ futures are down 31 points as we await those uh, payrolls numbers for June in less than two hours' time. Ten-year treasury yield, by the way, 2.98%. This is Bloomberg Bloomberg 1130 weather, clouds and upper 80s today, but it'll turn partly sunny, less humid for the weekend. Low 80s tomorrow and Sunday. Look forward to that. Right now, 69 in Central Park.
6: Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Tape. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
2: I'm Karen Moscow, and S&P futures are little changed this morning, while Nasdaq futures fall. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning.
3: And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are quiet right now. Dow futures higher by 31 points. S&P's are down two. While well, Nasdaq futures decline by 36. The U.S. 10-year-old at 2.99%. Gold, oil, and Bitcoin are all trading little changed. And Asia markets were quiet overnight. Note that's Taiwan's semi-revenue beat estimates. European markets are in the green this morning and back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30. non payrolls estimate there 268,000. And it's 10 o'clock wholesale inventories. In deal news, Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter is in jeopardy with a dispute over bots. And in other news, Tesla's China shipments soared to a record as their plant went back online. Wrapping things up, Bungie was raised to overweight. Over at J.P. Morgan. Live from the first break of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Care?
2: Right, Bill, thank you. And here lie breaking news of your Bloomberg-type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael.
4: Kieran, thank you very much. As we've been talking about all this morning, former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe died after he was shot during a campaign event in the city of Nara. The attacker was arrested. Of course, we'll have more of this story throughout the entire morning. A candlelight vigil was held last night in Highland Park, Illinois, for the seven victims of Monday's shooting rampage. Funeral services for three of them are scheduled today. The IRS is taking a closer look at reports the agency subjected two former FBI officials to unusual scrutiny. Then-President Trump repeatedly attacked James Comey and Andrew McCabe over the FBI's Russia probe that shadowed Trump for years. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Red Sox, the Mets and Orioles won, the Nationals and the Giants lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Karen
2: all right, Michael, thank you. Well, at 649 on Wall Street. And we turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by uh, the New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT welcomes its ninth president, Tech Lim, a visionary leader committed to growing NJIT's partnerships with industry to bolster student opportunities and outcomes. Learn more at njit.edu. Now, here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. In a former gold mine a mile underground inside a titanium tank filled with a rare liquefied gas scientists have begun the search for what so far has been unfindable dark matter scientists are pretty sure the invisible stuff makes up most of the universe's mass and say we wouldn't be here without it but they don't know what it is scientists announced that the 5-year 60 million dollar search finally got underway 2 months ago after a delay caused by the COVID-19 pandemic so far the device has found nothing at least no dark matter it may come as no surprise, but a computer-related profession is the fastest-growing occupation among people ages 25 to 34. In smart assets' second annual study on the fastest-growing jobs for young professionals, computer hardware engineers topped the list. Occupational therapist was second, and speech-language pathologist third. And Bitcoin is on course for its best weekly gains since October last year, helped by a return of risk appetite in global markets more broadly. The largest cryptocurrency is at more than 13% for the week so far. If the move holds, that would be the biggest gain for such a span since twenty twenty one. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan.
3: Okay, Karen, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, where it's coming up to six fifty-one on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in DC. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden to meet with advisors on discussing cuts to Chinese tariffs. President to sign an order on abortion access as allies demand more action. And Democrats plan to extend Medicare solvency in a new slimmed-down economic bill. We're joined now by Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. Of course, the main story around the world, reverberating around the world, Emily, is the assassination of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Have we gotten any U.S. reaction to this news?
0: We've gotten reaction from Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Uh he mourns uh Abe as a leader of great vision. Uh earlier uh, after the news that he had been shot, but before uh his passing had been confirmed, uh Blinken said that uh he was deeply saddened, deeply concerned by the shooting, and that our, our thoughts, our prayers are with him, his family and the people of Japan. Um, certainly, this is going to be news that that reverberates uh, throughout the US. You've also seen statements put out uh, by former President Donald Trump, uh, noting uh, his relationship uh, with uh, with Abe. Um, and we're expecting to hear more on this potentially later today uh, when President Biden uh, addresses the nation.
3: Yeah, and we're expecting that the president is going to be uh, meeting, as I mentioned, uh, with advisors later today about uh, something he's been thinking about really for weeks now, whether to uh, cut tariffs on Chinese goods, something, of course, that former President Trump imposed.
0: Yeah, Biden has yet to reach a decision on this, but this is certainly something that he's discussing, that he's looking at. We've heard uh, those in his cabinet saying that some of these tariff reductions could potentially bring down the prices of some items uh, that have gotten higher with inflation. You've heard Secretary, Treasury Secretary Jenny Yellen say last month that tariff reductions, uh, could help Americans with the things they are buying and Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo has offered similar sentiments. But Nathan, let's be honest about what can and can't be done here. I mean, the things that Americans are feeling the most inflation pressure on are food. It's fuel. It's housing. And those aren't going to be things that are really impacted by lifting of some of these tariffs. Uh, Barclay said that any Rollback of some of these tariffs on Chinese goods would be a, quote, drop in the bucket. And so really a big question here about what, if any, relief Americans are actually going to feel should Biden decide to go and roll back some of these tariffs.
3: And probably what's been holding the president back on making a decision, Emily, is the uh, political impact because, uh, I mean, the president's promised to be the most pro-union president ever. And presumably tariffs on Chinese goods help domestic union companies.
0: Absolutely. And when you hear Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo speak about this, she did suggest keeping tariffs on steel and aluminum products, but that is meant to help American workers and American industries. And certainly at the same point, there's also, you know, larger questions about what this could mean uh, for the workforce, what this could mean for American manufacturing. Uh, You kind of have the split screen of the White House uh, looking at lifting some of these tariffs well, right down Pennsylvania Avenue, Congress is working on legislation that is seeking to make the U.S. more competitive against China when it comes to manufacturing and development.
3: As you mentioned, the president is going to be speaking later today He's at an event on his schedule about uh, protecting abortion access. What more do we know about that?
0: So we know that Biden is going to be taking executive action today to protect access to abortion. Uh, This is going to include instructing the Department of Justice and Health and Human Services to really push back on any efforts that states might have to limit access to federally approved abortion medication, or bans on folks traveling across state lines to access abortion services. We are also reporting that Biden is going to direct agencies to educate uh, medical providers and insurers about how and when they are required to share patient information with authorities. And also uh, within the, the realm of the White House, Vice President Kamala Harris today is going to be meeting with Democratic legislatures from states that are expected uh, to either ban abortion or bolster their current abortion bans that are in place. Um, and this really goes along with what Vice President Harris has already been doing, meeting with faith leaders, health care providers, constitutional law experts, on the issue of uh, abortion and abortion access, trying to see what, if anything, the administration can do, uh, number one, on an issue that's important to a lot of the Democratic base, as well as an issue that no number of Democrats feel the White House has not been active enough on in responding uh, since the Supreme Court handed down their decision overturning Roe v. Wade.
3: We're expecting that an executive order like this is going to go far enough to mollify some of those people who have been putting pressure on the president to do more after the Supreme- Supreme Court decision?
0: This will be something that President Biden can point to and Democrats can point to as something that they've done. But the White House itself admits that this is not nearly enough from their perspective. That they want Congress to pass laws codifying Roe versus Wade. We know of that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi does plan to bring legislation to the House floor. Uh, when Congress comes back next week that will deal with abortion and abortion access, also protecting uh, data and data privacy for things like reproduction apps on your cell phone or Google searches that might be done. Um, but Nathan, just at this point, there are not the votes in Congress right now uh, to codify Roe versus Wade. And so that really leaves Democrats in the position where they're just having to tell voters that they need to go to the polls in November. And of course, while abortion is an issue on many voters, minds. It's, it's up there, too, with gas prices, with inflation, with the economy and with a number of other issues.
3: All right, we'll be watching for the signing of that executive order in the comments from President Biden later today. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins, as always, thanks for the update from the nation's capital. And you can read more about these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And as a reminder, follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg one. And 105.7 FM HD2 as we await the release of the June payrolls report in just about an hour and a half. We're going to be speaking live and get reaction from the Biden administration. Labor Secretary Marty Walsh will join us. That's expected uh, just about an hour after the release of the payrolls report, 940 Wall Street time. Catch that conversation right here on Bloomberg Radio. Futures starting to move lower again ahead of the payrolls. S&P futures down 11 points now. Futures down 30. 37. NASDAQ futures are lower by 74 points. And the 10-year Treasury yield right now just about 2.98 percent. Bloomberg surveillance is next. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg.
0: Success.